0: Hello and welcome to what moves us the podcast where we ask what moves us or more accurately what's going to move us in future
1: with the rail innovation groups Johanna Randall and Liam Henderson, we look at debates themes and decisions of the minutes that will impact on the way we get about in the future.
0: Hello and welcome to what moves us today the 7th of June, Uh, who's in the room with us today.
2: I'm here, Deb Carson from the Rail Innovation
1: Group. Hello. And, and I'm, here. I'm Daisy Chapman Chamberlain. I'm the Innovation Manager at East West Rail.
0: Thank you for joining us, Daisy. So today is a bit of a special episode. It's just going to be an interview with Daisy. I should have said at the start, I'm Liam, Chair of the Rail Innovation Group. Now you know.
2: Yeah, don't assume um, everyone knows who you are, Liam, you
0: know. You do. <laughs> uh, so it is Wednesday, the 7th of June um and we would like to talk about east west rail because we knew daisy for a while at your previous incarnations and when you jumped across to east west rail we were pretty excited to find out how you were shaking things up and what you were doing so yeah it's a
1: pretty exciting role
0: well you can tell us all about it but first of all i guess tell us about yourself in east west rail
1: Yes. Um, so as I said, I'm the Innovation Manager at East-West Rail. Um. Prior to that, I was the Rail Knowledge Transfer Manager at Innovate UK KTN. And before that, I worked at the amazing Community Rail Lancashire. So rail kind of all the way through my career, if that makes sense. Perfection.
0: Perfection. Which is your favourite rail?
1: Railway? Train? What are we talking about here? Rail. Rail generally?
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm a <laughs> massive fan of being on the west coast on a Pendolino. I know that's really cliche, but I can't get over the tilt thing. I don't think I ever will. Mm,
2: yeah, I I agree. Although I, just, I felt a bit sicky on them, at times. Times that we won't talk about. Oh. You know? Yeah, oh. tonic times on the train. Oh. Yes. Oh. How, how, when did you, how long have you been in your role Daisy, how long has, have, what, has it been like a shock being there as in is it really different to
1: previously or has it been a kind of smooth transition? So I've been here for about four months now um, and I think the main kind of surprise for me was obviously being on the different side of the fence, mm. so my role particularly at Innovate UK KTN was very much more on the, um, the government side and the assisting people and accessing funding side and now i'm on the other side of it actually you know looking at applying for funding and working with smes so it's a different world um but it is a really exciting project as well i think most of your listeners will probably know what east West rail is but you know i do occasionally talk to people who have no idea so it's probably worth saying that it's a railway project that's connecting oxford and cambridge um partially by upgrading and refurbishing sections of rail between places like Os- Oxford and Bister and Bister and Bletchley and then a new chunk of railway between Bedford and Cambridge.
2: Okay, thank you. When, everyone will have
0: known that. No. When when will I be able to get a train from Oxford to Cambridge?
1: Whoa, that's the million pound question, isn't it? Really? In the early 2030s. That's cheap. A <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> million pounds for a train ticket. Yeah, can answer question. Answer. <laughs> yeah. Early 2030s, but we are opening in different connection stages, um, as we're calling them. So we have three connection stages. So you'll be able to access services at different points to different towns all the way up to kind of, you know, early next decade.
0: Right. And then I assume the plan is to have like a through an end-to-end operation at some point.
1: Well, it's all a bit up in the air, um, as everything in rail is at the moment. Um, So we do know that Chiltern is going to be operating our first connection stage services through to Milton Keynes, for example. Um, But it's up in the air in terms of what the services will look like after that. But yes, you will be able to catch a direct service from Oxford to Cambridge, regardless of who is ultimately operating that service.
0: Right. Okay. So West Rail is the sort of de- the project delivering the train line. You're not necessarily going to operate the trains.
1: Yes. So th- again, that's kind of, you know, that's the, again, the million pound question. We are building the railway um, and revitalizing sections of the railway, Um, but in terms of who will actually operate that railway, a lot of it depends, of course, on Great British Railways, how that ends up shaping up, um, what we end up doing with rail nationally as well. Um, So there are some question marks over it, but yes, the East West Railway Company is building the railway line.
0: Right. Okay. And then I guess the obvious point, given that we're about innovation, is how is it bringing innovation into the project?
1: So we're quite early in our innovation journey at the moment. Um, And it is one of those phrases, I think that's quite tricky to understand. It's a bit of a buzzword in the industry. It kind of sits alongside agility, I think, um, and resilience and all those other words that we love to get in, um, in the rail industry. So we focus in on innovation in a few different areas. We've got the kind of radical innovation stuff, which is the big sparkly media attention newsworthy things. Um, But they're quite rare. A lot of our innovation work actually is what you'd class as core innovation. So the stuff that is very small incremental changes, changes to ways of working, changes to strategies, changes to training um, that build up into that kind of continuous innovative change. Um, So we are looking for a kind of combination of all three types. in every particular space that in construction and rail you'd expect so obviously the climate crisis is really high on our agenda and carbon reduction ticketing active travel um safety of marginalized communities and inclusion everything that you kind of imagine uh, it's a big piece of work building a railway so we've got a lot of kind of different innovation focuses but across the team as in the innovation team at East West Rail, we serve quite an assistive function. So we work across all the different teams in design and construction and inclusion to actually help them to dig down into the problems that they have and the challenges they have, and see where we can meet those challenges.
2: And do you, do you do do you engage with sort of startups, micro suppliers as part of that sort of development work, Daisy? Or you know, how does that how does your engagement work in that sense?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. We recognize the value of working with SMEs and micro microsuppliers. Um, it's really important because obviously you've got the kind of cutting edge of technology quite often comes from that knowledge base. So at the moment, we've got two main pieces of work that we're working on. Um, one of them is a design and construction event. This is a bit of a scoop because we haven't really talked about this yet, but we will be hosting an intelligent construction yeah. event. At some point in September is what we're shooting for. Um, That will be open to suppliers, that will be open to innovators. We will be pushing information out about that as soon as we know more. And that's very much us seeking the best innovations in spaces like concrete reduction, in spaces like modular design, in carbon reduction, in AI and digital practices in construction as well. So we're gonna be kind of throwing the doors open in that sense in September. And we're also engaging with this year's first of a kind, um, which obviously a lot of railway based companies and train operators are as well. This year, we're specifically looking at the safety side of things for first of a kind. So, anyone that's working in the safety space in digital um, should definitely get in touch with us, uh, attend the briefing, or uh, we'll listen along online to find out how to actually engage with us on that. So, for us at the moment, it is really useful to have those you know, things like first of a kind and the event that we're going to be hosting so that we can give innovators and SMEs as well a really clear idea of what we're looking for.
2: Mm, that's good. Well, well, we'll definitely be sharing anything you've got with um, with members, Daisy, you know, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I was hoping you would say that.
0: <laughs> However, a question, a follow-up question on that is you talk about the first of a kind, which is obviously uh, sort of, what's the word, discrete projects and funding pools. Has the project, I mean, you have experience of it from the other side. Do you have in your mind uh roots for anything good to actually for successful products? So solutions of, to get actually into the project, mainline project. So I, that's, I think uh, okay, I worded that really badly, I know. But basically yeah, know. you have the follow-on bit from the initial project.
1: Yes. So our our function behind engaging in our events, engaging with First of a Kind, going to the industry engagement events that we attend, having stalls at events as well, Rail Live, for example, our focus with all of that is ultimately bringing suppliers in and actually having people work with us long term. So we're not looking for kind of, you know, one shot and done engagement side of things we are actually looking for long-term solutions that we can embed into the railway obviously we're spending taxpayers money so we need to make sure that we do that really responsibly we need to make sure that we're maximizing the impact that we have so there's a lot of due diligence and there's a lot of process that goes behind engaging with us um, but as time goes on we're kind of building up how we're going to be inviting people to approach us on a more ad hoc basis but we want to make sure that whatever we end up with we've got the kind of clearest possible route for people to access we don't want it to be frustrating for suppliers we want to make it as easy as possible
0: so is that is that lessons learned that you've brought across into the role from your previous role
1: i mean it was definitely work that was already happening at east West rail so my colleague will Redaway was already has been digging down into the strategy side of things and how we're actually going to invite you know, people to engage with us in a meaningful way that's valuable for both us and them. So it's a two way street. But yes, um, I think having talked to a lot of innovators, suppliers, SMEs, startups in my role at Innovate UK, KTN, I understand some of the frustrations that can exist, especially in supplying transport sector and in supplying rail. So the more we can do to kind of, I think, make that process smooth and have, you know, benchmarks and check in points along the way, the better it will be.
2: Mm. But are you taking? are you doing anything around um you know especially on the bits of where you're putting in new bits of rail i suppose is there um are you, are you doing anything about the sort of type of community engagement that you do around that what's been the kind of local uh what is the local sense from people that live in the area you know are they excited about a new railway or are they kind of apprehensive you know i'm thinking about hs2 which has got you know, depending on which bit of the company you talk to, they're kind of either thinking it's going to be grey or thinking it's going to ruin the countryside kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think obviously with any major infrastructure project, of course, the needs of the local community have to come first and the concerns of the local community have to come First. So we have a really strong community engagement team, for example, that are hosting events on a regular basis and making sure that they're doing outreach with the local community. We're making sure that we're kind of absorbing their thoughts and their needs. Ultimately, the line will serve them. So the function behind the work that we do is to make sure that it fits as many local people as possible. And then making sure that we've got schemes in place, for example. need to sell property scheme so if your value of your home is going to be affected by the project making sure that you have an avenue for selling that property so we are making sure that we've got you know avenues open both for contact and both for remediation if anyone's worried or concerned about the project but in a really positive sense you know we're getting a really lot of a lot of really positive feedback from the local community as well about the connectivity that this will have the jobs that east west rail will create along that line the boost that will be to the local economy so The area around our project um, is known as the Oxford-Cambridge Arc, um, and the counties around that, so five counties around the area, Oxford, Milton Keynes and Cambridge, adds a combined £110 billion annually to the economy of the UK. So it's a really significant economic area. And our project obviously aims to boost as much as possible that economic growth and to give people as many opportunities as we can in employment and education and leisure
2: yeah yeah absolutely
0: <clears throat> so uh, sorry I do, I do have another question i was going to take but the thing you just mentioned about economic benefit is do you have a sense of how much of that is built from an end-to-end journey versus how much is opening access to those communities along the way
1: So the 110 billion figure is the contribution of those counties, generally speaking, in terms of the boost from the Oxford-Cambridge arc. In terms of the value we can add from the journey types themselves, of course, we're opening up the potential for more jobs for people. We're opening up more business potential. So there's inherent growth in having better journey options in the area. And it is an area that has historically been isolated in terms of transport options, you know, quite piecemeal provision so our aim of connecting that up obviously will open up those opportunities in terms of you know business and travel and jobs and employment in terms of the general supply chain side of things of course through the life of a railway we know that there are opportunities almost at every stage so you have the opportunities that you have at the consultancy stages you have the opportunities at construction and then you have the opportunities throughout the life of a railway. Many people listening to this will have engaged with train operators. Um, many people listening to this will have engaged with network rail. So as a railway develops and grows into the future, um, there are ongoing opportunities for supply and innovation as well, as we develop new technologies, as people have new needs. Yeah,
0: yeah. Cool. So I guess I'm going to jump around and ask you, what is the biggest thing we have to look forward to when East West Rail opens?
1: Ooh, I like that. It's a good question. Um, So, the main core for everything is a railway that works for the communities that it serves. So, it works for the people along the route. It cuts travel time. It eases congestion. It opens up access to education, work, and as I said, leisure opportunities. So, at a really basic level, we are a locally connecting railway. So, we need to work for the people that we're actually serving as much as visitors as well. But we want this to be a kind of flagship project for the uk and europe and internationally of a locally connected railway for local people but also the people visiting the area as well so i think beyond the bells and whistles beyond everything else it will be a railway that serves the community it will be a railway that actually meets those really basic needs and then we'll be adding on top of that you know making sure that we have the best possible provision and the cutting edge technology where it's relevant
2: and uh, forgive me, this might be a really dumb question, but are you having, have you got new rolling stock for this
1: new railway? So a lot of our rolling stock questions are still up in the air. Um, we have a very competent uh, and creative rolling stock team. who are working on that as as things go along. But yes, we are uh, developing our rolling stock potential and having lots of conversations at the moment.
0: Yeah. I don't believe you missed the opportunity to say it's a rolling brief.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can't hit them all.
0: 90, <laughs> right? Uh, and you know, we focus a lot on the supply chain. So I'm going to ask you what is what have, what have you been surprised by, or completely concerned or confused by, uh, suppliers or products that have come your way?
1: I think so far I've only been pleasantly surprised. I've not had any horrible shocks, which is always nice to say. Um, I think a lot of the innovation that we're doing, like I mentioned earlier, is very much core innovation. So we've had some amazing approaches in particularly things like the digital and the AI space, um, which has been really exciting. Uh, But we are kind of waiting um, on a lot of, I guess, processes and confirmations from our side to see how we can fit those in. You know, we don't want to innovate for the sake of innovating. We want to make sure that what we're doing actually fits with the railway that we're building and the communities that we're serving. So, We've had some amazing, surprising approaches. And I think for us now, it's about how we integrate that into our overall innovation approach. Um, But thankfully, they've all been positive surprises so far. Right.
0: Well, that's good. You can share more with us of those in future. Uh, So of the suppliers though, if they are considering coming to you, what is your like one thing you'd like them to do better or some guidance you give to them or pointers?
1: I think for suppliers approaching us, please be patient. Um, I know how incredibly annoying that can be as a statement, but we're going through a real time of uncertainty in rail. We're going through a time of uncertainty at EWR, East-West Rail. So we will be setting up systems that you can approach us through, and we want to engage with you. That's what we're here to do. but we want to make sure that it's meaningful you know i don't want people approaching us and feeling that they're not being um spoken to in a you know a meaningful connected way i want to make sure that we've got people getting through to the right people in our teams and that we make sure that, again that we've got a kind of succeed or fail fast mentality i don't want people on tenterhooks when they're talking to us so please be patient um and when we do post opportunities like i mentioned earlier With our event in september for construction when we talk about first of a kind if you fit our criteria that's brilliant for us because it gives us a structure that we can work within to engage with you so yeah patience is my headline as annoying as that is
2: yeah no that makes sense what 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 do you think has been the most useful thing that you've brought from in your innovate your time at innovate uk i mean i think you've just touched on some of that it's like that I can't remember what that term you just used was, but it was really good. Something f- succeed or fail fast. Oh, yeah, succeed
1: and fail fast. Exactly, yeah.
2: But I'm thinking, as you were saying that, I was thinking you've probably got a lot of kind of, you know, a lot of learning and context from your previous role that is extremely useful um, as you sort of move forward in this role.
1: Yeah, I like to think so. I think... One of the things from my personal perspective that's been most valuable coming over from Innovate UK KTN has been having that understanding of the position of the suppliers and the position of the innovators. And, you know, it is a really difficult market to engage with at the best of times. And I say that with love. I love rail. But we don't make it easy. Um, and in some ways that's right. You know, we have high standards for a reason. We have high standards to prevent accidents, we have high standards to make sure that people stay safe, but we are a complex industry um with you know, sometimes very confusing, almost unspoken rules amongst us. So I think having that understanding from the supplier perspective has been really useful. And that's why I talk about patience. And sometimes I, I recognize that can be really annoying and you're waiting for someone to get back to you or you're waiting for clarity or confirmation, which is why I think it's so important that we have that succeed fast and fail fast mentality. So that that works for us as much as the supplier, it means the supplier isn't hanging around waiting for us. And it means that we aren't, you know, potentially dragging our feet on anything either. We, we kind of win on both sides. We win for East West Rail and we win for the supply chain as well. So I think bringing that understanding of what it's like to be on the other side of the fence for the supplier, for the SME, for the innovator, into a business that's looking to engage with the supply chain uh, is really valuable. Just having that awareness of what it looks like and how it feels to be on the other side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Thank
0: you. Yeah, cool. That is great insight. And also to end on a note of actually bringing the insight from the outside, which is what we love to hear. Yes,
2: exactly. Do more. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Daisy, thank you very much for your time. And we'll speak to you soon.
2: Thanks for having me. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of What Moves Us. We hope we moved you. For more episodes, you'll definitely want to subscribe to our channel. Until next time.